Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to OTR. Uh, this is episode six, and this one kind of sounds like a late 90s sitcom. We're calling this one Kicking It with Candace. Uh, she's an old friend of mine, and speaking of old friends, um, you're listening to Old Friends by Ben Rector. He's an amazing artist, and you need to check him out. Uh, but I got a chance to sit down with Candace Payne, good friend of mine, and you might have saw her go viral a couple years back, um, and she became deemed known as Chewbacca Mom. Um, but she's much more than that. You're going to find out in this episode just how much more she is than that. I know. I'll give you a hint. She's a speaker. She's an author. Um, and now she's a podcast host. Um, she co-hosts with Jenny Randall, a podcast called Shut the Should Up. And it's amazing. Um, just like this podcast is amazing. And so I'm excited to get into it. Um, disclaimer, Candace laughs. A lot. So be ready for that. It's a fun episode. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome to OTR. I'm your host, Darren Eubank, and I'm coming to you from Grand Prairie, Texas. Um, it's kind of right in the middle of all the exciting things that happen in Dallas. There's Arlington with the Rangers and the Cowboys. There's Dallas with the Mavericks and everything. And then in the middle, on the way to those games, you pass through grand prairie and that's where i'm at and i'm sitting in my friend's house um you may have seen her may 19th 2016 there was a video that went viral 177 million views the most viewed ever facebook live video um man she's been in over 3,000 media outlets we're talking about the late late show with james corden good morning america she's the author of two books she's a wife she's a mom she's my friend give it up for miss candace payne yeah. How just, are you doing? Just, just, just one clap. Yeah, I'll clap just with you. Clap. I felt like we needed more than that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I need more claps, but it just kind of felt like I'm going to help you out here, buddy. Yeah, I'll clap. You. I'll thank clap you. with you. Thank you for clapping. You're that welcome. Means a lot to me. You're welcome. Hey, um, welcome. Welcome to my office. Welcome yeah, to my house. It's good. Yeah. It's a nook. It's awesome. I feel great. I feel happy to be here. Um, I don't get to chat with a lot of people. Um, just yet, because we're just starting the podcast. Cool. Um, but this is cool. I like, yeah. I like being here. Um, and it, hey, like I said, you're my friend before any of that. And on the road yeah. is this. Chima and I have done over 100,000 miles traveling on the road. You've probably thrown in a couple of those. You know, you've probably traveled <laughs> a, a few yourself. Um, but yeah. through that, there's been, you know, near-death experiences. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, missed flights, crazy things that happen. Um, and that's like the physical road. But then we also talk about the proverbial road where we say, hey, um, people only ever see the finished product. For us, it's a show. Maybe for you, it's a speaking engagement. Um, but they don't know what it took to get there. Right. And so that's the proverbial road we're talking about. And uh, so I just wanted to talk with you um, just to kind of because from, from what I know, you've done um, you've pursued a couple different things. And it didn't really turn out like as far as you being successful today in your own right. Those things that you pursued before that weren't what you thought it was going to be, right? Oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So a lot of people don't know that you're an amazing singer. What? Yeah, I would. I. What? It's kind of funny. I have to tell this story because um, you sang at my wedding. I did, and it was awesome. And my brother-in-law, I'll never forget this. That evening. Um, we're at the house, and he was just like, who is that woman that sang at the wedding? She was an angel from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was Candace. And, you know, you might have seen her. She's um, People kind of know her as, you know, Chewbacca mom or whatever. And mm-hmm. he was just like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you haven't seen the video? And yeah. um, he was like, no. And he goes, I don't know if I want to see it because – how I know her is as an angel, and if it's like a bad video, like, and I was like, no, 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 you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna love this video, That's an angel. and I showed it to him, and he's is freaking out. It's awesome, um, but singing, you've done, um, have you done, you've done shows, right? Like you, where you tried to, like American Idol, did you wait in the line? Oh my gosh, I waited. 
for American Idol in a stadium somewhere. I can't even remember. But I remember it was like my last year to be able to try out. Like I was like 29. So we're talking 11 years removed from this experience. Yeah. yeah. And I will tell you this. I wore something that was not representative of my personality because I was trying to look cute for an audition. <laughs> And I really feel like I represented myself really bad because it was too tight. It didn't fit. I look, like, homely, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, I wish I just showed yeah. up in, like, jeans and a T-shirt and been me. Um, and when I sang, I just was, like, so timid. I know that's hard to believe, but, like, I was so scared and so timid. And I was like, this is my one shot. This is it. Yeah. And so I just got the nerves in me. And, um, yeah, it sucked. It really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have like a cattle call on those auditions, you know. Come yeah. on, come on. And then um, I made it to like that second round, and then that was it. And they're like, nah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, forget about it. I was like, it. yeah, y'all are probably right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> and so yeah. um, that, and then, you know, just a year before this viral video happened, I had auditioned for The Voice. And, this is almost. Right, you would think that they would have a way more incredible yeah. theme song, but somebody got away with it. They got yeah. away with this is a voice. Hey, let's keep that, y'all. Let's keep it. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, no <laughs> work. I'm one and done today. <laughs> That's awesome. It's hey, it says exactly what we needed to say, right? Yeah. And so, but it's no. Very like TV adolescence, like oh. from like the 50s, oh. 60s. It was like, we're just going to say what it is and that's it. Like, Absolutely. They're like, we ain't got time. We got too much other editing to do in this show. Um, but I tried out for that and kind of the same thing. I got through about three rounds and then it was like, nah, not what we're looking for. Um, which and, three rounds is like, people don't get that far. A lot of people don't yeah. get that far, which, yeah. is, which is which is saying something. Yeah. Know? I think Chima and I, from The Voice, we got to the second round. Yeah. Um, and that's oh, actually, we got for us, we actually got to skip the first round, which was really cool. We'll see, there you go. Um, you were pursued, um, yeah, you were pursued. Um, so, I guess technically, we got to the third round, but still, yeah. that's that's a really big feat. Um, I, I thought it was kind of like this really cool thing, though. Um, when you're looking at like these little god winks or moments where you go, What? Um, so it was just about a year before the Chewbacca Mom video went viral that I auditioned in the Houston Astrodome. And so I was like, you know, standing in the cow line, doing the whole thing, trying to make the voice. A year later, I'm standing in the exact same spot and I'm now singing the national anthem before a game. Yeah. So it was just kind of like one of those, oh, I couldn't have ever seen this moment coming, you know, and I and it's it's that um, old Garth Brooks songs, you know, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. It's one of those things where you just look back and you go, I'm so glad that a lot of the things that I did try to pursue were unanswered. I'm so glad the world got to know me from the viral video that it knows me from and not from anything else where I was like subpar. Just being honest, you know? I mean, like, I get it. I'm Everybody's probably their own worst critic, but I'm really my own worst critic. Like, when it comes to music, I pursued that for so long. And I think I'm above average, if we're being honest. I think I'm above average. You definitely are. I maybe have some moments of where you're like, wow, those aren't consistent. <laughs> They're kind of <laughs> surprised. You know what I mean? They're like, what? Look at her. Um, so for me to like struggle and go full forced in in that arena, it would not be fulfilling for me. Um, we walk in, we play the song, we finish, and then Lionel Richie looks at me and he goes, first of all, that's a crazy sentence to say, but um, <laughs> he goes, um, when you walked in, I had you pegged for... You know, soul, Aretha yeah. Franklin, just powerhouse. And when you open your mouth, it was completely different. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Thank <laughs> that's you good. so much. Um, and it's cool. So, you know, for me, like saying that, man, walking into the room being surprised, that that's that's great to me. Um, so I want to talk about, so yeah, singing was a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Was there any of, did you do comedy? Because you're very funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I think that tends to be, is, is she a comedian? You know, probably. Um, I tried my hand out at stand-up. Okay. Uh, and, and it was just, you know, kind of amateur stuff um, to the point where I would get paid to do a set, but it was a small club and you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as far as actually my dream growing up was to be on SNL. So, yes. like, that was what <laughs> I thought my life would amount to. 
if I'm going to be honest. And then I found like real Jesus instead of just church Jesus, right? Right. And and so then I was like, oh, I'm I may need to be a worship leader. So then I just started doing that. But if I'm going to be honest, my desire since I was like five or four was to be on SNL because we were watching it back in the '80s when we had Wayne's World. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like Gosh, um, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, Land yeah. Shark. I'm talking like I grew up waiting for Saturdays. Yeah. And um, probably was the only kid my age that even knew what things were with Saturday Night Live, but I was yeah. obsessed. Can I just... Um, um, yeah. One of my favorite video... One of my favorite moments of you... Yeah. Is when we were at church camp. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. My heart feels like pressure right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. So... Um, Candace and I were the same. We're, on a, we're camp leaders together. Co-leaders. Uh, we were yeah. co-leaders from, of the red team at our church. Mm, and mm-mm. was it? What team was it? We were blue. How could oh, you forget okay. that? It was Sorry. blue. We were blue. Oh, I, I've been on the red team for yeah, like yeah, seven yeah. years. So it's one of those things <laughs> where it's like, um, okay. And at the beginning of a camp, you know, we had this like moment where, you know, we ha- kind of had to fill some time. And Candace was like, oh, let me go on stage. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, like, uh, this bit from Chris Farley, you know, living in the van down by the river. It's hilarious. I do a really good Chris Farley. Everyone's going to laugh. It's going to be fun. <laughs> um, so she gets on stage, and she starts this bit. Okay, let's clarify that. I didn't ask Tim. <laughs> okay. Tim, Tim Summers came to me and was like, dude, I know you can do this. You want to do it? Okay. You want to do it? And I'm like, you Just think You straight. think so? You think so? And he was like, yes. It's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So then, so then so, I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Candace gets on stage. She starts it. It's hilarious. Except the only people who understand it are, like, older people who know Chris Farley. Yeah. (laughs) So every counselor is dying laughing. Every student is, like, blank-faced. Who is this lady on stage? Like, what's going on right now? Well, and they look like they're being punked. Like, they're they're like, what's (laughs) happening? And I actually brought up, like, the seventh-grade girl. To the stage, and I was like, "Let me ask you what you want to do with your life." You know, like how the motivational speaker would have done. Exactly. And I said, "You're not going to amount to jack squat." <laughs> and so she started crying because she thought I was like being mean to her. <laughs> so then I was like, "Oh crap, this is going bad. This is like south right now, going down." Yeah. And so then I left, and I was like, "I have never bombed in my life." That was that was one like of my that favorite moment. times. It's just like, oh my god, man, you, that's something right out of a movie. Like, um, the only people laughing, yeah, were the people on the fringes that yeah. are all standing up in the back of the room. Everybody else was just like, <laughs> and we're talking like, you know, a good solid 150 people, yeah. maybe more, maybe yeah, more, probably, uh, probably in the 250 range. So it was just like, it was just who is that? Crickets. What is going on? So Where's bad. Ashton? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who's Chris Farley? Right. <laughs> like, like they exactly. had no clue. They had no clue. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but to me, yeah, being funny. I think that's that's such an appeal when pe- when people see you like oh my gosh she's so funny it's one of those mm. things where it's it's very um, attractive and I always tell people like man um, being able to light up a room like you don't have to try people who do that yeah. don't, don't try yeah. they, they just are who they are well um, and what's funny even more so about Chris Farley and the connection that I have with him um, I didn't know who he was at all. Uh, he was kind of the new guy on SNL, and we'd missed a season because we couldn't have a TV in our house. We were poor. And so we were going through a rough patch. And so, like, when we started watching again, my mom yelled out, and she goes, Hey, hun, you need to come see this guy. He acts just like you. <laughs> and I walk in, and, he, it's, you know, it's something that Chris Farley's doing dressed as a girl. And it's like that gap girl, I think, is the episode. And I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, who is this? And so then I was like enamored. But the reality is, is that Chris Farley and I act alike. Like it was already like doppelganger and mannerisms. And so then it became an easy person to, you know, not intimidate. Oh, my God. Imitate. <laughs> Imitate. Lord, yeah, help me. I'm an author, by the way. <laughs> FYI. That's where my life has led me is to write things. And I just said intimidate for imitate. Um, but I, I just remember thinking Chris Farley was so stinking ahead of his time with yeah, humor. And um, so my kids are not naive to Chris Farley right yeah. now. Like, we quote him all the time. And they probably are the weirdest 9 and 10-year-olds you've met because of it. But I think it's funny. All right. So you've... 
you know, you've done singing. Exceptional worship leader. Got to write a lot of songs with you. Um, and I've enjoyed leading them at times with you as well. Um, and then also, like, comedy. Tried your hand at comedy. Super funny already. Um, but then, May 16th, the vid. Yeah. The vid happens. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this. Um, I was actually song sharing with you in, in our church. And... We were all packing up, we're leaving. I said, hey, what do you got to do today? You know, I just got to do some mom stuff. I got to take some stuff back um, to the store. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm just doing mom stuff. And I was like, well, have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, then that evening I saw the video and I was just like, like whoa, happening? that is hilarious. And the next morning it was like, boom, that's incredible. Like, this is crazy. It was so um, crazy. So crazy. You know, for me, it's an experience that... I just, I mean, like, okay, my husband, we've been married almost 18 years, and we still talk about it, and I'm like, there are certain things that I've walked through and gone through that even he can't understand that feeling. Even he's been here right with me the entire time. Yeah. It's something that is so bizarre. So you might have people listening right now, and they're like, I don't know who this lady is. I posted this video um, laughing in my car with a toy mask. It's four minutes long. And three minutes are solid laughter. One is me stalling and making everybody ticked off and get to the point, right? Um, But the reality is, is I just posted that for mom friends of mine. And I was in a carpool, you know, thinking if they're in a carpool, they're going to think this is hilarious. I'm in a parking lot. I'll be there. Pick up my kids soon. And Facebook Live had only really been live to the entire community of Facebook for maybe about eight months. So um, they hadn't had a viral video uh, the, the one that had the most view counts before that was 10 million views on a BuzzFeed video where, wow. where they were like putting um, rubber bands on a watermelon to see how many oh, it would right. take to explode. I'm watching that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was like 10 million views on that. Well, I post this video and then I just, it asks me when I finish posting, do you want to keep it so we can view it? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and so I'm not thinking about privacy settings. I'm not thinking about anything. I mean, I don't have that knowledge. There's yeah. nothing in my mind that even understood what could be the repercussions of that. <laughs> and I start getting texts from friends within about 20 minutes. And they're like, what is going on? This video is hilarious. I'm sharing it. And I'm like, okay, share it. Like, <laughs> it's there. Share it, yeah. you know? And so then I start looking at my Facebook about two hours later because I still had to be a mom and do dinner and get my kids home and do the whole bedtime routine. Yeah. So I'm checking Facebook again, and I thought my Facebook was broken because I'm scrolling, and all I'm seeing is my video. Yeah. And I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> I was like, something's wrong with my app. And Chris goes, what is it? I said, that video I posted today, it's just, it's all I see. I said, I can't see anything else. I didn't even look to be like, that's somebody else's name attached to right. it, sharing it. Like, it was just, the, my app's broken, you know? Oh, Facebook sucks. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, well, great, it's got a glitch. I'll just, you know, uninstall it and reinstall it and see if it fixes it. And so, it didn't fix it. And then I realized, what the crap's going on? I look at the view count, and it was at 500,000 views. And this was <laughs> two and a half hours later. And I'm like, 500,000 views and then I would watch it every 30 minutes and refresh and it would jump up by the hundreds of thousands Um, and so when I went to bed that night I had nearly a million views and I don't know a million people you know all of a sudden (laughs) I'm like what is going on Um, and the feeling that I initially had the next morning it's, it's a mixture of gratitude and like excitement and adventure but the reality is, I also felt like I needed to be like Jason Bourne. I'm like, I need a suitcase with passports and hide. <laughs> yeah, Why, and what in the world? I am not anonymous yeah, anymore. At that level, um, it's like, man. Well, it's and so I didn't unknown. even tell you the numbers yet. I mean, like when you say, "Am I going to reach 10 million vid- views overnight to catch up with that BuzzFeed clip?" Right. Not only had I met that, I doubled it. I was at 24 million views when I woke up the next morning. <sighs> so while I was sleeping. It literally became a viral sensation, like mega viral. That's crazy. And within 48 hours, it kind of put itself in the Guinness World Book of Records for the most viral video view count within 48 hours from not a trailer of a movie and not by a corporation, but a private person. Wow. And so um, it was, I think, like 78 million within about, you know, 50 hours. And then it was in 98 million before the weekend was over. 
And um, ninety-eight. Isn't that just stupid? That's like it's just stupid. A third of the United States. <laughs> that made me hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I think today we're looking at three years out. Um, today, collectively, like if you look at what people have ripped and put on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, right. and like um, the video itself garnishes about three hundred plus million views. And that's, that's unreal. Maybe every now and then somebody will share it again, and then it kind of goes again for a little bit, and then you're like, oh, yeah. okay, you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. that was fun. Um, I've also done some media spots where at the end of the year of 2016, they were like, here's some things that we loved about 2016, and so then they talk about it again in the media, and then, you know, you gain Boom. some more yeah. views from that. But It kind of keeps reinventing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then you have people that they've never seen it, and somebody else shares it, and then they find it again. I mean, you've got a whole group, you got to think of this too, that when the video came out were middle schoolers that didn't have access to the internet, and right. now they're teenagers in high school, and they're Exploring going back and finding everything. it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's yeah. one of those things. Um, where it actually ended up leading is... The most bizarre adventure I've ever known. I feel like the past three years have been about ten years each. I feel like I've lived thirty <laughs> years, um, and yeah. that both good and bad. You know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like experience has been garnished in a world that I wasn't groomed for, um, knowledgeable about, and seeking. You know, when I talk yeah. about the business aspect about what my life became. I became a stay-at-home working mom, traveling mom, and I try to make it that normalized for my family. I I try to keep that as uh, the reality is that nobody in this house is famous, you know? Um, And I don't want that ever to be something that my kids think that they're famous or that they can get away with crap or... Right. Or nor do I want them to feel embarrassed. I mean, think about it. Your mom's Chewbacca mom. (laughs) Yeah. How crappy... people are just walking by, hey, put on the mask. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. How crappy is that for my kids sometimes? I'm just like, I'm just me. I'll be you, you know? Um, Yeah. You see, I see that a lot in movies. It actually reminds me of Rocky. Um, where his son, Rocky. you know, you know <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you know Rocky, right? Yeah. Um, so Rocky is like, man, I still got some, some, uh, I don't know what he says. He says like rumble in my, in my, in my stomach. Like he still wants to fight again. Yeah. Um, and his son is like in the business world and he's just like, listen, if you come out and you start fighting again, like I'm just going to be Rocky's son again. Like I've kind of made my name, a name for myself. Yeah. And, and yeah. He, like, he kind of is in the shadow. And so. I think about like anyone who is famous and has kids, and you're just like, man, yeah. what is what is that kid? How does that kid feel? Yeah. You know, as far as like, yeah. Some people, some kids come out of it really well, like Jaden Smith. Yeah, like he's like he's super his own person, right? Um, and then you know, it's not the same for everyone, but like I just you know, I, obviously I don't have kids, but I think about yeah. you know, and, and that's cool yeah. that you, you have your kids um, in whatever you're doing as far as like making sure that they know, like, hey, um, stay on the ground. You're leveling, you know? <laughs> well, I will <laughs> yeah. tell you this. There was a really sweet moment, and I've never actually said this on an interview, so insider information here. Um, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a sweet moment with my daughter where I started to see in her, because when the video happened, they were six and seven. She's 10 years old now. But I started seeing some gifts in, in her that weren't really prevalent before the video a lot of it was she illustrates really well she's a good storyteller she likes to write i mean these are just things because her skill was developing you know at seven years old yeah well she's actually been in competitions for school and for the state and actually won some awards for them no way and i often think because i never had it in me people ask me did you think you want to be an author or write a book and i'm like no that was never in me and so they asked me why and i said well i just felt like it was the most permanent way to tell my story and tell it once and for all and allow people to discover a resource to to live a life that is possible beyond what they could dream and expect, you know? Yeah. Um, And I'm just doing it for that reason. Well, the cool thing is I'm starting to watch my daughter develop these gifts, and I I honestly wonder, did God kind of give me the platform and the the ability to see what I've seen in the publishing world, to walk through having a literary agent, to know the, the behind the scenes because it's actually a gift that I need to develop in my daughter? Wow. Like, what if that's the only reason? And so I started seeing this shift to go, okay, I know I'm walking through this, and I, I love what I do, but it's not my bread and butter and my dream. What if 
God's giving me this so that she could fulfill her dream. So I just started like doing some random stuff to promote and like kind of just see what what she would do if she had the opportunity to write. And um, she drew an image of her and her friends, and she has her kind of own drawing style that, style that kind of looks like brats. Mixed, oh heck yeah! Yeah, mixed with like um, stick figures. It's really weird. It's like it's like its own thing, right? Yeah, for I think sure. it's so cool because I'm her mom, and I'm like, that's awesome. Everyone it's awesome. artsy. Yeah. It's so rad. Well, she took I took the picture of what she drew, and I just sent it into a kids magazine. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to say who I am. I'm not going to be like, I'm Chewbacca mom. This is my kid. Put her out there. She's got great things. Yeah. You yeah. you, you publish my girl, right? <laughs> right. Um, they end up, they just sent a magazine the next month with her art in it. And they said her name. No. Cadence Payne from Grand Prairie, Texas. We love her artwork. Look at And she was featured in like the third page of the magazine. That is great. Well, so I pull this out just thinking, oh, that's so cool, right? Yeah. A little win for all this, you know. And I show it to Cadence, and it was after school, and I said, listen, I did something. Forgive me. People don't know that. No, no, no. I didn't tell her that yet. I said, I just want to show you. I took a picture of your art and see what... And she opens the magazine, and we're in the kitchen right over here, and she just starts crying tears of joy. She goes, Mom, this is my dream. This is my dream. And she's, like, crying. And then I looked at her, and I go, baby, I want you to know, I didn't tell them who I was. I was like, this is all you. This is, like, your talent. And she hugged me tighter than she's ever hugged me and she goes thank you mom and just started crying and I'm sitting here going okay now this this is why this kind of story is cool with what God's doing in our family and from a viral video it's because I'm getting to watch my kids come into their gifts and their callings and what they're meant to do on this planet um and I honestly feel like when something happens that's just pure to somebody because this is a pure moment. There's no oh, yeah. way that you can manufacture it. Like, I think it's funny when people are like, she's working for Star Wars. She was like a <laughs> plot. And they're trying to sell more movie tickets from her doing I mean, like, it's just like, no, no, no. no. Nope, nope, zero thought into that. So, um, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Um, it, to me, it makes me laugh how when a pure moment like this happens, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that following it, you have an ability to either make it absolute gold like refine it to be even pure or you can muddy it and make it something horrible yeah and so i've seen this opportunity as something that i wanted to preserve that purity of that moment in everything that we do moving forward yeah and it's been hard when you talk about that proverbial road <laughs> dude it's been hard it's been hard because people are nasty oh yeah so nasty. i want to I talk about that because um i found myself on the days after that video was going and people, other people were sharing it, and yeah. publications were talking about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I found myself being like, "All right, I've got an hour. It's time to defend Candace." Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me get on here and tell like, some people exactly. You know, because like, I'm one of those guys that yeah. that um, yeah. as soon as I watch the video. I'm like, all right, now let's read the comments, you know? <laughs> so it's one of those. And yeah. so yeah. I just found myself defending. I'm like, hey, you guys don't know her. She's one of the best people like ever. She's awesome. Like, well, I just kept saying this in these different posts. And like, there's just people who don't understand, and, you know? And for me, like after, after doing that for so long, I was just like, dude, some of these people are so used to news manipulation yeah. They're so used to um, yeah. bad things happening. Like, you watch the news at night, and it's like, so-and-so was murdered. This was happening. This like, Everything's bad. Yeah. Rarely is there anything good. Yeah. They're so used to negative news that when something so pure and awesome and, like, filled with joy happens, that it that they're just not, they don't receive it. Yeah. And I was like, this is literally what's happened right now is in a world of turmoil, this, like, massive bright light has just shown and some people don't recognize it. Well, you remember 2016 was crazy. <laughs> Let's just yeah. talk about that. It was election year. It oh was my gosh. in the middle of election year when that video came out. Mud was slinging everywhere. Not just that, but like racial tensions, dude. We hadn't oh, seen them yeah. in years. And I'm talking like for me growing up, I hadn't seen that racial tension since like Rodney King. And I was alive for Rodney King. Like, I remember the riots. I remember them in the streets. I remember watching on the news every night going, 
what is happening? But then to be here in Dallas area and, you know, 20 miles from my house, have a shooting of officers yeah. and a riot and By a way, rally. I was, I was, I was down there. I wasn't at the wow. riots or the, the protest. Wow. Um, I was, Chima and I were getting ready to release our first album. Yeah. And on the 8th of July, which the shooting happened on the 7th, on the 8th was our release. So we were actually bringing, um, like, equipment down to the venue on the 7th. Yeah. And as we're driving into Deep Ellum, you just start seeing, like, cop cars and ambulances and wow. everything imaginable, wow. like, speeding past us. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. And once we get down there, all you hear is just, like, gunshots and just, yeah. like... And I was just like, um... I think I'm going to stay in Red Oak, Red Oak tonight. Yeah, like, yeah. it was just one of those things where it was just like, man, this is unreal. Yeah. And that was a, I mean, that's every year when that happens, you know, because my, my birthday is actually on the 8th of July. And so every year when that comes around, mm. I'm just like, man, what a, dude, what a tragedy, what a senseless thing. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it kind of shadows Dallas every year because yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I mean, our entire nation I mean not just it really didn't just affect the United States this thing went international you know and I'm yeah. talking about the viral video but very specifically for us here in the states that was a palpable year for us where we just felt like at any moment everything's going to be chaos everything's going to be wrong everything's going to be in the dumps and and I mean like it was just to have somebody just laughing in their car senselessly <laughs> for no reason it felt yeah. like oh wait a minute maybe things aren't as bad as we think yeah okay let's take a break from the chaos hold on hold, oh this just gave me a little levity and i feel like that's where it starts but the reality is what i saw coming from it were private messages over and over and over again where people were like you know i i can't remember the last time i laughed like that or oh, gosh i i've lost my joy and i didn't even realize it yeah and so it became obviously not something that was just fun to perpetuate and be like that's viral and it's going to be fun but it became a connection piece for what i feel like was the entire world sitting here saying have we lost our sense of humor exactly you know yeah i and it's you're right it's it's kind of a wake-up call to to those who's like oh yeah we can have fun yeah again we can laugh yeah we can do that we can be a mom in a car yeah that's just laughing like and that's why and this is not a shameless plug it's just that's why we use the the title that we did for my first book laugh it up yeah it's because i feel like people just forget to sit back and laugh and and to be like this isn't as serious as we're thinking it is and it was you know it was a little bit of a snar uh, star wars nod because of laugh it up fuzzball you know that quote from the from the movie but you know, I, I feel like we all needed a good laugh, and we had one together that day. For sure, and I'll I'll never forget when we did the uh, when we did the live uh, recording of the of the the release. Yeah, laugh it up. And yep. D and Chi got to be the house band for that. Yes, that was so much fun. And if anything, you're just a constant reminder that like. Um, hey, we're going to have fun today. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, if, if I'm going to go hear Candace Payne speak, I know it's going to be a good time and a reminder yeah. that, hey, fun is still able to be had. Um, yeah. Gosh, we talk about that all the time in the band. We're just like, hey, let's do that again. Like, where, who else can we find to be a house band for? Like, Dude. Oh, it'd be so much. Dude, I'm just saying, if I ever go on tour, you're my house band. Come on. We're, bring we are, it. We're, we are completely in. Yeah. Yes. We'll work the contract later. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have, have your people call my call people. Call my people. I ain't got people. I just got one person. Yeah. I love um, my person. These days, it's just us two. Right. Um, but on my, on, the, on my emails, it's we and us. But yeah. it's just me. <laughs> like, disclaimer for any of y'all reaching out. Maybe you want to send me a personal note of encouragement. <laughs> yeah. I had someone reach out. They were like, hey, I heard you guys sing in um, Houston. And you guys have got it. I want to bring you guys to your to my studio. Um, and you uh, have your manager uh, message me. And I was like, yeah, our manager will be in touch with you. So and so. And then I'm like. <laughs> New email. Hey, Open this up. Is- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, it's kind of funny. Man, the hustle's real. You know, I mean, and 
I think that's the other thing that there's two things that from that moment for me that I realized about my personal life and myself that I never kind of latched onto. First one is this. Obviously, joy and fun is like something I hold in high esteem and high regard when I I just didn't realize a lot of other people didn't. But the second is um, authenticity. So it's really hard for me when you got to hustle in this world behind the scenes because I'm like, dude, I'm just going to tell you as it is. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I just yeah. feel like, no, let me just tell you what's going on for real. Yeah. And um, right now I feel like the whole world that we're in, where we're looking at entertainment slash podcast slash, you know, public Podcasts influencer, right you know, I mean, just having any kind of platform at all behind the stage and behind the scenes are, is a lot of hustle going on. Absolutely. And it's a lot of, you know, I've seen people and I hate saying this, I'm not going to say who they are, but I've seen people that rent houses or rent Airbnbs or rent cars just so that they could fill up their Instagram feed to make it look like something that's not. And that's when you go, dude, that hustle I'm not here for. (laughs) And I think we're all kind of, the weird thing is we're all kind of getting sick of it to where we're desperate for people that are just real and moments that are real and moments that lead us into authentic places and go, oh, that felt so good because there was nothing about it produced, nothing about it fake, nothing about it thought beforehand, you know? And, you know, kind of as as a uh, reminder to anyone who's, like, listening and, you know, and authenticity is is the best you you can be. Yeah. Like, that's that's just just the truth. Like, and what... The also the ugly truth to that is there will still be people out there that say, ah, it's fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. She's working for Star Wars. Right. Look, yeah. look, look. <laughs> yeah, you can be yeah. as truthful yeah. and honest and open yeah. as possible, and there will still be people that will say, oh, no, she's lying, or she's, that's true, Man. or she's working for to, I love that. She's working with Star Wars. Dude, you, trying <laughs> to make this full circle, even you talking about defending me online, um, this... Once again, not a humble brag, but um, Wreck-It Ralph 2 came out this past year. And, um, well, it's almost been a year out. Yeah. And when it came out, they had a part of the movie where they mentioned Chewbacca Mom. And so they invited me to go to the red carpet and be there for the premiere and stuff. And it was just rad, you know. Um, Josh Gad, I was trying to meet him the whole night on the carpet. Oh, and I bet. <laughs> and then I finally did, and I acted like we were lifelong friends, and it was the most uncomfortable conversation I've ever had in my life. I was like, <laughs> so, so hello, Joshua. And he was like, well, hello, Chewakuma. Anyways, you know, I'm just saying, it's it's he didn't know me. That's um, awesome. But it, it was one of those moments where um, in the movie itself, it was cool to be invited, but there's a scene where Wreck-It Ralph... He's looking at how much people are liking him become a viral sensation. And then he starts reading the comments and his whole destiny shifts. Wow. Like he just starts getting sad and he's and then he gets defensive and he's like, well, I never liked them anyway. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. And then um, and then he shifts the entire feel of the movie, even in his ambition and his motives change for why he's doing what he's doing. He forgets that he started it to get money to get, you know, his friend back home. Right. And now it turns to a completely different motive. And. You know what? If there's ever a Disney movie that made me cry, it was that scene. Because I've actually lived the moment where you sit and read the comments and you just get like, oh my gosh, why did I read these? Why did I sit here and take this in? And the reality is, is that people, they can be so nasty and ugly online. And I hate saying this, but most of the people that I click through and see their profile also said that they love Jesus. Yeah. And I was I like, say that. I was like, oh my gosh, hey Christian people, get your crap together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not the gospel, right? Yeah. Um, so I mean like it's and so for me I had a hard time immediately after the viral video wrestling with my faith. Wrestling not with what I believe. Let's just be clear about that. I'm yeah. like I'm like set and solid with the things that I actually put my hope and my trust in. That's not at all. What I wrestled with was actually seeing people that represent what I put my faith and trust and my hope in falsely. And wow. and now I'm being invited on these two major stages. One would be come and show up as Chewbacca Mom. 
come and show up at our convention, you know, come yeah. to Dallas Comic Con and have a table. And I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> Just, yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. I've done nothing. My body of work is a three minute video <laughs> that's laughing. Okay, sure. And then um, the second opportunity was people that knew that I was a person of faith. Now they want me to come to their event and talk about joy and why I had joy in the video and how my joy comes from my faith. Yeah. And listen, I got to be honest with you, that actually feels like an authentic fit for who I am. It absolutely does. Behind the scenes, it makes sense that I have a hope and a reason for being a joyful person. And I would love to tell people about that. Do I don't want to proselyte people. I don't want to like overly evangelize, but I do want to let people know I actually have a hope that leads to my joy. And if, and if you want to know what that is, I'd be glad to tell you. Um, but the problem is, is that the most nasty and ugly people were the people <laughs> that, I'm, that were saying they believe that same thing, too. Oh, and so to yeah. reconcile that for this past three years, I'll just be honest. I've, I've been more on the defense when I've walked into a church than I have when I walk into a place with people that are solely there for geek items and comic cons and they're in costume and like I feel I feel more safe with somebody dressed in an Iron Man suit that I have no clue who's behind it he could be a serial killer he's got a mask on and I'm sitting here and I'm like hey dude let's have a good 45 minute conversation and let me trust you with everything you know and then I do then with the lady that's got bracelets on and a kimono and she's got the biggest southern smile and Texas hair and she's like I just love you and pray for you daily I'm like which one's lying here you know it's been a hard it's yeah. been a hard balance to walk but I do feel when we're talking about this proverbial road to get where I am now I do feel like the thing that God opened for me the opportunity was not to convert everybody I know to Christianity but it was to offer people a, an authentic glimpse into what it looks like when you wholeheartedly believe in faith in in, in God yeah. it's like just wholeheartedly you know, nothing in you that goes, yeah, I got to fake that or I've got to fake this. I think both sides of the coin, whether it's in the world or whether it's in the church, we're done with fake and we're done with things that don't lead to authentic joy. And so, man, I've never been more fired up to do what I do now, which is where I've settled. And uh, you, you mentioned all these fun things. Yeah. But where I've settled is uh, being an author, a speaker and a, a communicator and now a adding to the list of podcast hosts because, you know, it's able to get more content out. So, which is really cool. I love shut the shit up. Yeah. Yeah. That's the name of my podcast. Perfect. Like when I first heard it, like I didn't understand it because I was so taken. I was like, wait, what did he, what did you just say? (laughs) For church. And it is a faith (laughs) podcast. So people are like, I don't want to say your title. I'm going to cuss. You know, they get really concerned, but it's called shut the should up. S H O U L D. So Mm -hmm. it's, I've loved it. Like I know, um, if you're, if you're listening to this, then the first episode has already dropped. Um, and it's, it's amazing. I encourage you guys to listen to it. Yeah. Jenny Randall. Yeah, Jenny Rendell's my co-host, and the subtitle, if we had to have one for a podcast, which isn't normal, but (laughs) we're we're both authors, so we can't feel like that can just hang, (laughs) Um, but it's Shut the Shut Up, Finding Freedom from the Things that We Tell Ourselves We Should and Shouldn't Do, and so I really feel like people are tired. They're tired of hearing, you should be this, you should do that, and and they're tired of getting shut on, so I just feel like we needed somebody to speak clearly about hey, you can find freedom from that and the expectations you either place on yourself or you felt the church place on you your whole life or you've yeah. had your family place on you that's undo. Mm. So we're going to be tackling that. we got 13 episodes this season, and then we're going to talk about season two after that. Right now I can't even think of it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I tap out. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I, I'm. it's just crazy because everyone I've had on the podcast so far um, – it's been like it's been a musician, yeah. Uh, and it, it was kind of like, you know, one of them. Hey, we decided that we wanted to to record a, a music video um, in Iceland, so we flew to Iceland every day. I'm just like, wow. Tell me how that is, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like, you, what in you the world is like, that oh, like? You know? And then another friend of mine um, uh, has been. He got he um, he lives in a van. Yes. Um, and. 
he one day he was just like, well, man, I think I want to travel to all the Apple stores around the country and walk in, plug in my interface into one of the computers out there, and I'm just going to record a song. And so he, he literally went to Apple stores around the country and recorded a song in, in each one and, like, documented the whole time. And he's putting together this documentary dude, for it. Dude, that's so cool. Um, I mean, like, and it, literally everyone's just like, dude, I did these... Everyone, the, the thing with everyone else is they've had not not necessarily the whole plan, but they've had at least a skeleton of a plan. And what, when I'm listening to like everything that's happening, like there was no plan to be like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna be you know an author. Yeah. I'm gonna be you yeah. know a podcast host. No. I'm gonna be um, hanging out with Josh Gad, <laughs> and I'm gonna be mentioned in a movie, and I'm gonna be on the Late Late Show with James Corden, um, yeah. and like all these things. And none of that was planned. And I say all that say listeners like. The, the road is is very crazy. Um, the physical road is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then the proverbial road is like, man, yeah. I literally had no idea where I was going until you looked back and look at it and be like, oh, wow. Yeah. He brought me from here. Yeah. I've been here. Like, this, I've been here. This is, this is so wild. You know, one of the things that, because um, I've had some time, believe it or not, to kind of retrospect backwards. Yeah. One of the conversations that I had with a friend of mine that kind of just like it, it actually stalled me. Like it just made me stop everything and think in a way that I've never thought about this. We were talking about how everything happened so fast. And the week before it happened, like I was actually asking God that if I was going to be able to be an extravagant giver, then I had to know what extravagance looked like. Because I had nothing extravagant to give. I mean, I've lived with not only um, actual poverty, (laughs) but but I've actually been poor most of my life or middle of the road. And I was just saying, if I'm going to give extravagantly, it'd sure be nice to know something extravagant. And I prayed that the the week of that video going viral. Like, I can actually show you the written prayer in my Bible. Um, And I felt like God even kind of told me some stuff back that I wrote down. And I was like, what? Okay. And now I look back at that, and obviously it's gold to me, you know? Um, but yeah. when I was sharing this with a friend over coffee, she said, Candace, the thing that just kind of comes to mind really quick to me is how cool it is. It's like Solomon. He asked for wisdom. And here you are. You asked for <laughs> extravagance and to be able to be an extravagant giver. And you didn't get, you didn't get just that. You got the weird thing of fame and you got the weird thing yeah. that comes with it. She was just like how Solomon, he'd asked for one thing, but then God gave him more and gave yeah. him, gave him more. And so when I look at, you know, people that are especially younger than me that feel like they're in the middle of the hustle and trying to become an influencer, trying to do the grind. And they're like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? The, the piece of wisdom that I always try to impart is just simply this. Check your heart. And ask for the thing that isn't the thing that'll actually make you a contributor to something greater on this planet. Yeah. Because here's the deal. Um, We've got a whole bunch of takers in this world. A whole bunch. And you could either live your life as one of those, or you could live on the other fence and be a giver. And what I've consistently seen are the givers are the ones that are consistently blessed so that they can give more. Yeah. And takers, they may have for a little bit. They really, they really can. But it's numbered. These are numbered. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's no longevity. There's no longevity to that life, and it feels like a burnout so much quicker than it does if you're willingly giving away, if you're willingly, consistently just saying, I want more so I could do more and be more, you know? Yeah. That's so good. Um, before we go, I have two things for, for, for that I want to talk about. Cool. Um, one is, um, what's the longest trip you've been on since you started traveling? As far as like maybe it's in a car or maybe it's just like a day that was really long. Um, how many hours? Oh well, I went to Tanzania, oh. and so <laughs> like that was quite a flight and a couple layovers and stuff. But that was interesting. Um, Tanzania, I went with a company called or a nonprofit called Convoy of Hope. Yeah. And so I work with their women's empowerment and we were able to go see 
their girls program for $25 a year. You can sponsor one girl. Like, let that soak in for a second. $25 25 bucks for a whole year. So, like, movie and a popcorn. You can take one girl that's in the ages of 6th grade through, like, 20 years old. Give her an opportunity to have a place to go after school and get um, reproductive education. Get supplies for her monthly cycle. Like wow. being a community and of other girls to get them out of being trafficked and get get them out of their even cultural norms where they're sold into marriages or sold as property. Like you can do that for twenty five bucks a year $25. for one girl. Yeah. And so I went to go be um, boots on the ground over there and visit them and get to see what they're doing firsthand, and it changed my life. So that is so cool. Yeah. Wow. Long day, long day that of travel to day. get there, but for it was sure. worth it. Worth it. <laughs> awesome. And then the last thing I want to do is I've got five subjects and I just want you to tell me what comes out of the top, off the top of your head whenever I say this subject to you. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. First off, D and Chi. Oh, friends. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Josh Lucas. Oh, uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Josh Gad. My goodness, Olaf. <laughs> Olaf, he's awesome. Uh, Jeannie Randall. Friend. Real friend, yeah. Facebook Live. Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> like, just to be honest, know those privacy settings, people. Know them That's well. That's amazing. Know them That's well. awesome. Uh, just to be uh, Josh Lucas is from Sweet Home Alabama. Um, oh, dude! Now I know. Why didn't you say Sweet Home Alabama, dude? I should have said that. Sorry. Sweet Home Alabama. All right, Josh dude. Lucas. Sweet Home Alabama, dude. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> awesome. Hey, it's been awesome to have you on. I Thanks, appreciate man. you, um, you know, giving us some of your time yeah. um, and your infinite wisdom. Um, a lot. I think a lot of listeners will enjoy this one for sure. Cool. So, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, until next time, peace out. Man, what a cool episode um, to hang out with Candace. Uh, dude, she's full of surprises. She's got a voice like an angel. Um, she does a really good Chris Farley. Uh, she's just a jack of all trades, and I'm super happy um, that we were friends even before um, her success. And where she's at now i want to remind you go to her podcast too it's called shut the should up it's her and jenny randall they're awesome people and they've got a really good podcast going right now jenny is like award-winning when it comes to producing um so you know their podcast is awesome but hey uh go ahead and hit the subscribe button here on the on the road podcast let some people know that this is the place to be um i'm so happy to be doing this and we got some cool things coming up here in the future So, um, please, like I said, subscribe, tell people about On the Road, and we'll be back soon with Episode 7. Have a good day.